Bugs, 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 bugs. Let's talk about books, baby. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about books, baby. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about books, baby. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about books, baby. Hello and welcome to Let's Talk About Books, baby. That's Kayla. And that is Lindsay. And guys, today, uh, we're not talking about books. No, we're not. We are switching it up. Today, we are switching it so we can talk about this awesome, awesome play. It's a Tony Award-winning play. Maybe you've heard of it. We're going to talk about Hamilton. I'm so excited. So just a backstory, I've seen this play I saw this play twice in an actual theater. I saw it once with some coworkers in which I was just singing and dancing and crying with my friend who was next to me. I saw it again actually on a, I don't know if you'd call it a date, but it was kind of a date. And then, and that was, it was amazing. But I, uh, I told them at the beginning, I was like, I'm just going to let you know right now, I'm going to cry. I think that's why he didn't call me back. Well, kind of to your point of you have actually seen it on stage before it came out on Disney plus I was not on the Hamilton train I'm sorry I just wasn't I didn't get the hype I have a very hard time with musicals it with when I haven't seen them visually like it's okay we forgive I, you I've all I tried to listen to Hamilton the first couple songs couldn't get into it because I couldn't keep track of the voices. I couldn't keep track of the story. And then I was just like, eh, whatever. I don't get the hype. And then I was like, okay, it's coming on Disney Plus. I might as well watch it. And I was like literally hooked. So that's how it happens. That is it. Well, and to be honest, when I first went and saw Hamilton, I already had every song memorized. Like I had listened to it enough that I was like, every song was memorized. And there were songs that I hated and I didn't listen to that often. And there were songs that I listened to on repeat. If you listen to it enough, you recognize the voices. And especially with this initial cast, mm-hmm. if you when you watch it, everyone looks different first off, but then everyone sounds very different. So you have, you know, you have Hercules Mulligan who has this really deep voice and like very deep and kind of raspy at times. You also have Madison, which he plays both Hercules Mulligan and Madison. And he does an amazing job with both. But Madison is definitely softer, but no one sounds like him. So I think that's why for me, it took it definitely took a couple times of listening to it to get to get it down and understand who the voices belonged to. But eventually yeah. I did. And, and I realized I you basically by listening to the soundtrack, you basically watch the entire play. Right. Well, and that's, I actually have a friend on Instagram. Her name is Holly, but her Instagram handle is uh, Witten and White. And she's an artist, one of my favorite ones. Um, And she had posted, like, I understand that people, you know, who haven't actually seen it aren't really into it because it takes like six or seven or eight or nine times of listening through. And that's a big commitment. And it's even like you told me, you were like, you got to just listen to it like on a long drive or something. And Mm -hmm. honestly, I just wasn't willing I guess to sit down and listen to the songs in order and pay attention multiple multiple times and I even had this issue when Frozen 2 came out I didn't really I listened to the songs once through and I was like I don't get it and then I watched the movie and I'm like okay now I can listen to the songs exactly I I was the same way 
Right. And so since I've actually got to watch Hamilton and not pay a $1,000 ticket in New York City, I am so much more willing and I have been listening to the soundtrack since then because now I can visualize it and I understand. Like The first time I listened to Helpless and Satisfied, I did not understand what was going on. I did not it went over my head. I did not understand what was happening. And then as soon as I watched it, I was like, oh, it's, you know, the sister and it's the whole situation. And so then I got it. And so Mm -hmm. um, I'm just very thankful, obviously, that Disney Plus put this on because it's exciting for people like me who had not gone to see the play um, in person. So exactly. No, I mean, it's so beautifully filmed. And and so, like, I've been in many plays, and whenever they're like, oh, we're going to give you a copy of the performance, like a DVD copy of the performance, it is a handheld camera in the back of the theater, and you see people getting up and moving around, and you're like, well, dang, that's my solo. Why are you going to walk right in front of the camera during my solo? Uh, But this was like you were in the middle of it and and like there was a part uh i think it was actually during satisfied which just hello you know uh, such an amazing amazing performance um but it was an amazing performance by helena i just want to make sure i get all their names right um renee elise goldsberry thank you oh my god yes so it was an amazing, amazing performance by Renee Elise Goldsberry. Uh, but there, but there was this part where it closed up on her face and it mm-hmm. showed emotion. And I swear to God, almost every time they it, the camera closed up on her face, I cried. Almost yeah. every time. Yeah. It it was very emotional to watch. And I like truly believed that she was Angelica. Like I had no, like I was able to, you know, what is it? Suspend my disbelief. Yeah. I was able to suspend my disbelief and like truly believe that these were the people who they are singing about and what they're singing about. Um, So I guess that kind of brings us to what's your favorite song? Cause mine is satisfied. (laughs) Yours is satisfied. (laughs) And I also like burn. Oh my God. I have so many. I'd like, do you have time? Yeah. Like I love helpless. I think helpless and burn are helpless, burn and satisfied are like some of my favorites. Yeah. Um, although I I do have the first song memorized. I also like 10 dual commandments because if you know me, you know, I like a good pistol duel. Anytime there's a pistol duel, I'm like, I'll watch it like five times. I don't know why I'm like that. I just think it's so badass they take like 10 paces or whatever and then they have seconds and there's all these rules and I'm now I'm like there's literally a song that like shows my love of pistol duels which obviously maybe it's a little insensitive because that's how multiple people die in the musical but it's amazing to see how it happened back then and also I really loved so there's 10 dual commandments there's that part where Philip 
passes away. Spoiler alert, everyone. This is going to be full of spoilers. You clicked on this podcast. You know what's happening. You should know what you're getting yourself into. So yeah, so then there's the Tyndall Commandments, and then there's the song where Philip, our beloved Philip, dies, which I believe it's Blow Us All Away. There's the Ten Dual Commandments, then there's Blow Us All Away, and then I think right at the end... I don't think there's a reprise, but there is the melody and words are used. That's it, yeah. But it's not a reprise or anything. Not a reprise. Yeah, but I mean, like, just... Wow, like the way that they did it. I mean, honestly, I forgot when you said, oh, that's the way multiple people died in the play. I was like, no, only one person. And then I'm thinking, oh, my God, no, like three people were in a, a duel. There, like, were, uh, there were three pistol, three pistol duels. duels. Yeah. Yeah, and two died. Two people died, yeah. And so yeah. I'm like, I forgot. They did it in such a good way that it didn't feel like it was the same thing happening over and over again. Right. They were each unique in their own way. Who's your favorite character? It would have to be Jefferson. Jefferson and Lafayette. Okay. Yeah. Davy Diggs. Okay. Did hot. A, oh, first off, yes. Uh, yeah. Okay. I'm no. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go ahead and say this. Every person that they cast was beautiful. Well, Davi, of course. Like yes, David Diggs, uh, Jonathan Groff. Hello, uh, Chris Jackson as George Washington. Hello. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Right. Leslie Odom Jr. Oh my God, I love him. I every oh. time he was on the screen, I was just like, "You are so good at this, and you're okay. so handsome." And <laughs> singer. Oh my God, and Anthony. I, I loved so just the character of Aaron Burr that he's. I think there's something very poetic, obviously, and a lot of it is very poetic, but about that he is the one, essentially, he's like the narrator yes. throughout the story, and he's the one who kills Hamilton. And I think that that, it's very interesting because it just really came full circle for me. Because I was like, oh, is this guy important to the story? You know, when it starts, I'm like, is this the narrator? You know, like, he has a name, but like, what's going to happen? And I'm like, oh my god, he's really involved. He's an important part of the story. Oh my god, yeah, he kills Hamilton. Mm-hmm. And it, that's just like, I thought it was very well done. Because I think it could have been, they could have had Eliza, essentially, because she is the one who told Hamilton's story. Yeah. It could have gone a different way with her. But I feel like it was really perfect because of the whole, she was going to be a part of the narrative then she said take me out of the narrative and then she's like now I'm a part of it again and I'm building the narrative it was more beautiful that she wasn't involved in every single scene or narrating the whole story because then it was so much more powerful at the end and so I think it was perfect that Aaron Burr is the narrator and kind of essentially the person who weaves everything together throughout the story. I think that one of the reasons why Aaron Burr was the narrator is because it actually, I feel like, can be summed up in one of his last lines in the entire show, which is basically that he's like, now I'm the villain in the story. And so, yeah, he kills Hamilton. That's the reason why he's the narrator is because he didn't mean to be a villain. He was just trying to make it through life however he could. And, and really, depending on how you look at it, he might not have been the villain. And and at the very end, it says, I lived, but I paid a price. Oh, God, it hurts yeah. so badly Beautiful. to see it like that. Yeah, He probably was just trying to survive for his kids. Right. But, I mean, you know, if someone's pistol's in the air, Mr. Burr, (laughs) maybe don't shoot them. That's a thought. I'm just saying. But so I genuinely loved Jefferson. Although the idea behind Jefferson was he was just this a-hole. Right. 
But David Diggs played him so well. Just such a beautiful performance. Yeah. By him. I just loved it. And that's also so I my two favorite, George Washington and King George. I don't know why George Washington so much. I just, every time he was on the screen, maybe it is because the background behind the real George Washington is kind of shitty. It's not a positive thing, really. I mean, yeah, he was our first president, but by what means did, you know, did that happen in our country, which we're all experiencing right now is kind of a fucking shitty country. So hello, don't, don't come for me, but <laughs> I like seeing him as a black man and I just thought that it was it was very beautiful the way that he was portrayed because, yes, there is negativity. And I know that Lin-Manuel Miranda is coming under some uh, scrutiny for not addressing certain things right now uh, with the fact that a lot of these characters did have slaves. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so... There's no way was, not to. I mean... Right. Well, and he was yeah. like, we did add something about it where they're debating slavery, but then it didn't feel... It didn't flow right, and it wasn't something that they actually debated because it wasn't that important to them, unfortunately. I think I like that even though he... The past of a lot of these... Well, the past past, you know, their background isn't super hot they were still strong characters within this this story of Hamilton who also didn't always have the best past but he did a lot a lot of important things and so I I just thought it was beautiful I just really liked George Washington and I loved King George because Jonathan Groff played him beautifully with all that sass with all that spit Oh my god, you saw the spit too. Oh my god. I was like, how do you not see the spit? It's literally an HD coming at you on the screen. (laughs) I was like, so at first I was like, oh my god, it's Jonathan Groff. He's coming out and he's walking all sassy and he starts singing. And then the spit where he's like, then like that's submissive subject. Yeah, and just like spit. And then it like dribbles down his chin, and I could not stop looking at his chin. For the rest of that song, I was like, is he going to wipe it? What's going to happen? What is hap- like, what is happening here? And that was amazing. Was- he stayed in character. In character. Well, and that's the thing. I So I've done a lot of research on this. Apparently, Jonathan Groff is just kind of a spitter when he sings. He always is. And then there's also the fact that the King George III, apparently he was kind of sickly. And so he spit a lot as well. And so it kind of worked out. So Wow. Yeah. So Jonathan Groff spits a lot. In the first place, which I'm totally fine with. Please do. Please spit on me all day. It's fine. Ooh. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Well, and I mean, speaking to like the real people that these, the people are portraying, I think that the person I probably learned the most about was John Lawrence. There are a few parts in the show where John Lawrence mentions slavery. Uh, We will never be free until we end slavery. Like that part. So like, I was, I just wanted to do some research because I was like, who is this John Lawrence guy? So, And it's so uh, funny that you say that because I did the exact same thing today. I was like, I've never heard of this guy. Who is he? And so I did my own research today about him too. And so it's so funny that you bring it up. So I looked it up on mountvernon.com, which as all of us know, after watching the show, uh, Mount Vernon is actually where uh, our beloved George Washington, aka Christopher Jackson, as Christopher Jackson played 
Lloyd uh, was from. So on mountvernon.com, they said that John Lawrence, so he was born in America, raised in another country, came back here for like college or something. His dad was a slave owner and he believed that the ideals of America were hypocritical if they continued using slaves, which is exactly what John Lawrence in the show says. He says, we will never be free until we end slavery. And that's essentially what the real John Lawrence believed. And unfortunately, he died before 30. Yeah. So so sad. So sad. I'm so grateful for Lin-Manuel Miranda for bringing this up. I think most people didn't know much about Alexander Hamilton. No. Less people probably knew about Hercules Mulligan. Less people knew about uh, Marquis de Lafayette. Less people knew about John Lawrence. I'd never heard any of those names before July 3rd. And I think that's also just a testament to our education system, how just whitewashed did it not that they weren't white obviously but like yes but 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 what are in real life they were yeah right and that things are so specific and I'm just thinking about all these things all these history things that I never learned and especially this has obviously been brought up with Black Lives Matter and I've learned so much in just the last month alone about our history the real history and I was actually talking with someone about how in middle school in California we prioritize the fucking missions yes, and the gold I don't rush. Know why. Who the fuck? I have never heard a single adult talk about the missions of California or the gold rush. Who cares? When I was a substitute teacher, I had to pull out a book with a bunch of like second graders, I want to say, and we had to discuss the missions. And I had to bite my tongue because I wanted to be like, here's the thing. This sucks. The way they were portraying the missions was as if they were these amazing things that helped people and right. brought and brought civility to the world. And I'm like, dude, no, you were ethnic cleansing over there. Yep. Like, don't lie. So yeah. I think you're you're absolutely right. Even going into like high school, I didn't learn anything really. So, you know, what do you really have to do around here to learn? Where can you actually learn these things? Do I have to take specific classes in college or do those not even teach us the things that we need to know? You know, like people are bringing up black women that have done different things that I had never heard of. They've never been credited in any way that I've seen. And I learn about it on Instagram because a black man got killed by the police and everyone's in an uproar, obviously, understandably. And we're all educating each other and, this is when I learn at 25 years old, all of these things. And it's like, I went to school, I did 12 years of, you know, education. And then I went to college for four, like, and I still didn't learn these things. It's just, Mm -hmm. it's baffling to me. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, I used to joke that all of the history I learned was from National Treasure. Um, Oh my God. (laughs) And now all the other history I've learned is from Hamilton. So this is in in terms of Hercules Mulligan, right? So Hercules Mulligan was a part of the Sons of Liberty, which was a spy ring. There's also another spy ring in American history, which is called the Culper Spy Ring. If you guys think that that is an interesting tidbit. I highly recommend watching this show called Turn. I looked into a lot of these things. While a lot of the things were made up, there was a love triangle or whatever, which they were like, yeah, "Yeah, 
probably made up. A lot of the stuff that was in there is actually true. One point where I was so nervous because a character was going to die or Mm -hmm. I thought a character might die. And I was like, I have to look this up and see what happens. And so I I pulled up something on a website very similar to mountvernon.org. And as I'm reading it, the exact same thing is happening on the screen word for word. That's so funny. So, so then you know that it was legit. It was legit. That it was yeah. legit history. Yeah. And that was, was amazing. But then also later, they basically, these were people who pledged their allegiance to the king, but in actuality, they were giving information to the patriots. So mm-hmm. where redcoats were going to be at what time, how many redcoats were in a certain area where mm-hmm. like patriots were not allowed, stuff like that. In one of the later seasons, there is a black spy who is given a special spy name i won't say if it's a he or she actually (laughs) i would i would say that there were two which was great but like it's amazing because you have these two characters and at the very end of the show i was like okay were these two people actually spies and when i looked it up they were like they might not have been the spies, but in actuality, a lot of the spies who were in the culper spy ring and i'm sure in the sons of liberty were unknown so people actually died as spies and okay, and yeah. knew their names. So very likely this these people who were black and were slaves could have been spies. It's really cool. And I like that there's this show that is historically accurate, you know, f- for the most part. Just like Hamilton, I think, is historically accurate for the most part. I'm sure they take some liberties whenever oh, it's entertainment. Sure. As a thing, sorry to ruin this for all of our Hamilton folks out there. But Angelica was already married by the time Eliza met Hamilton. She was already married. I think she already had kids, was not living near them. But there was a, not necessarily a relationship between the two, but people definitely said that they matched each other with their wits. So it definitely, I think that they say something similar to that in this, in the show. I've never met someone who could match you for turn a phrase or something like that. Um, yeah, yeah. They actually were that way in real life. And they were pretty flirty in real life if you read some of yeah. their letters. But as far as him and her being in love, very likely. But she was married. Yeah. If you read I, Eliza Hamilton, that relationship is fairly historically accurate to what actually was going on between the two of them. That, I will say. Sorry, guys. You know, we're talking about these people that we had never heard of, and obviously they were white. But I love that they were cast as people of color and that it's now hard for me to picture them as anything but a person of color. And I actually, I like that my brain has kind of turned our history on its head even though I know it's not true, it's still nice to think of. And I wanted to talk about the colorblind casting of Hamilton and what your thoughts are on that, because I have seen some clips from a few other shows. I think I saw some clips from the Chicago show and there was, their Eliza was black and their Hamilton was black. I like that across the different shows and the different casts, there are different iterations of a cast with diversity. And I thought that that was super interesting. It makes me wonder what auditions are like if they, it's like the voice where they're turned around and they're like, let's just hear your voice. Yeah. And we're going to cast you based on your voice because essentially 
that's kind of what, you know, the fact that they're different kind of in every city, that really is a testament to it's based on the the actor and how good they are and, and that they deserve to play that role. So yes, I loved it. I, I loved it so much because first off, when I first listened to the actual soundtrack, I'm like, every single person in this show deserves the spot that they got. But I think that it opened it up so it wasn't just like, oh, you know, more white people than you see anyone else. You know, I I do see a lot of shows and I can tell you a lot of white people (laughs) to see this was not only refreshing, but necessary. Absolutely necessary. If you could be cast, who would you audition for, Kayla? Oh my God. Who would you want to play? Angelica. I see it. Yeah. I like her. I like Eliza too, but like Angelica just has the sass. Right. I think I would want to play King George. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, I didn't know we could, we could go cross genders. All right. We can gender bend. I would definitely take like Jefferson Lafayette. So funny. But here's the thing. I would need to get the rap down. That's hard. That's why I was thinking, I can't sing all of Satisfied when Angelica starts Talking fast, I can't do it. Well, I mean, you've listened to it more than I have. Yeah. Um, but I can easily, well, not in a good way, but I can sing King George's songs. Every word. And I feel like I could bring the sass. And I think it would be so funny. I did see something that said that Lynn would allow women to play some of the male parts. And I don't know how that would work or if it's a true statement or whatever, but I thought that that was interesting. You know, what if there was a female Washington or a female King George, how that would work. But like Chris Jackson was so good as, as Washington. Yeah. I love his intro when they're all like, here comes the general and he just comes out and just, it just, I don't know why it just does something for me. I'm like, yes. <laughs> well, so let's like let's talk about him for a second. I I loved him so much and I think that one of my favorite songs of his, well, I love Right Hand Man, but then I also love One Last Time. I think that's probably one of my favorite George Washington songs in the entire show. And one of the reasons why if, if anyone wants to clock this and you want to go to one hour, 47 minutes and 40 seconds, he basically talks about that he he's not going to run for president. He's not going to run for a second term. And Hamilton's like, why? Basically, I, I don't know if it was that he just wasn't in the best health or what, but he wanted to go back home. Hamilton says, they'll say you're weak. And he says, uh, they'll see we're strong. And so Hamilton's like, they're going to see you as this. And and Washington's like, no, it's not about me. It is about the entire country. Basically, that whole part of the song is saying, we're going to set a precedent for future leaders to remember that it's about the country and not about the president, which I think that personally not to get too political but I definitely think that that's something that we're lacking right now we I feel like we have a president who thinks that everything is about him honestly Chris Jackson for president I'm just saying amazing kind of to segue into that to bring it back to King George when he comes out he's like talking about John Adams being the next president I love his glee I know him that can't be that's that Little, Little man, man. so to me. to me. I love it. And then when he sits down and he's doing his little dance, welcome to the Adams administration. And he like sings it with a little shimmy. And I'm like, mm-hmm. ah! it just really, because I don't know shit about John Adams. I mean, I barely know shit about George Washington. I was never taught anything about 
any of the presidents, really, except for the more recent ones. It's just interesting to me because now my perception of who John Adams is is that he's like a blumbling idiot or something. You know, like I'm like, mm-hmm. he's probably a terrible, he was a terrible president. I don't know because I don't care enough to research it. But um, I'm going to go off of just like I spent my whole life going off of my history and national treasure. I'm going to go off of Hamilton now. So, Oh, absolutely. As you should. Let's be real. So this is just as a side note, the relationship between Hamilton and Mariah Reynolds. What did you think about that? Like, so... Okay, yeah. So I know that you <laughs> you were like, you're going to cry. You're going to get really emotional. And I think I lost all respect for Hamilton and his situation once it got to that point. Honestly, I didn't care for like the first half of Act 2. I was just kind of like done with it mm-hmm. once he started cheating. And I was just kind of like, okay, but you're like, I know that you're like a womanizer and like, you know, the ladies and whatever. But like, it just really kind of ruined it for me Mm -hmm. and not that I didn't also care about Eliza because I know a lot of like the emotion comes from Eliza and when she's singing burn is is such a powerful song and and then the end is all about her I think at that point I just kind of maybe zoned out my first watch and my second watch I did pay a little bit more attention and I was like okay I see what's happening but obviously I think that he's a, a skis Oh, absolutely. Uh, Cheating on his yeah. wife and, and whatever. Well, so what I'll say about that is that, first off, I think he is skis. Absolutely. Secondly, I think that Mariah Reynolds' husband, I think that that was very clever of him. Yeah. <laughs> to be like, hey, like, I don't really, like, care, so right. we need money. Actually, like, not... He's pimping out his wife, but he's... But you know what I mean? She was going to cheat on him anyway, so... Yeah, I'm like, "Ah," you know, I I, I think... But I think it's it's disgusting, like, the fact that... And I I don't know, in my head, Mariah Reynolds was in on it, you know? Like, someone someone was like, she didn't ask you to come into her bedroom. And I'm like, in the play, she did, though. In the play, she was like, come here, come hither, you know? So I, I think that she and her husband were both guilty, but really at what like at what point did she have a say in it right, right. like right. like did women ever really have a say in did that they time? have a say in that time no they didn't so that's why i'm like you know i feel awful about it but at the same time i'm like it does seem more like a like a dude issue again i don't think she would have come up with that and done it on her own you know right. not that she's yeah. not smart enough she's absolutely smart enough i don't think she's wicked enough but what's really interesting is if you guys watch the this part about the eye of the hurricane. First off, everything is in slow motion. It's amazing. And the fact that people can hold chairs out with straight arms and like move them slowly for that amount of time is amazing. Yeah, it was beautiful. I can't can't even hold my niece without having to shift and put her on the other hip after 10 minutes. So when he's singing eye of the hurricane, when he's about to start singing the Reynolds pamphlets, he reaches behind him and he pulls back a quill. And the person, first off, I should actually go back really quickly. When Hamilton is being confronted by Jefferson, by Madison, and by Burr about the money that's gone missing, 
if you look in the background, you see Mariah Reynolds in the background. She's in the shadows, but you see her there. She is looming. It's it's symbolism for the fact mm-hmm. that she's she's always looming over him, this guilt mm-hmm. that he has and this um, not guilt that he has necessarily, but um, the situation that he's put himself in. He has eternally like attached himself to her. And then when Eye of the Hurricane happens, he reaches behind him, he grabs a quill, and who is the one who hands him the quill that he's going to write the Reynolds pamphlets on? It is Mariah Reynolds. So she hands it to him, and then he starts writing the Reynolds pamphlets, which eventually end his career. Mm -hmm. He's never going to be president. His Mm -hmm. wife is not not just devastated, but she is pissed beyond absolute belief. And she's like, I want nothing to do with you. I would say also that, you know, his son, someone calls him a scoundrel. Maybe that's because of him cheating. And then his son feels like he has to defend his father's honor and then gets killed because of it. So really, she hands him his downfall. Um, That's the symbolism that I see there. So, so powerful. It's such a, it's the smallest thing, but like, Lin-Manuel Miranda thought of it. And I think it's those small details, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah. And as we're ending the show, and this is kind of part of the wrap up of the show. So I want to talk about Eliza's gasp at the end and the different interpretations that I have heard and kind of what I want to bounce some theories off of you. So she gasps at the very end. So it's the final line. And then she gasps and she clutches her chest So there's a theory that she's in heaven and she's finally seeing Alexander and she's like happy to be with him. She's like, Mm -hmm. oh my God, I'm home. Second theory is she's basically in heaven and she's like gasping at how beautiful it is or whatever. Mm -hmm. The third theory I saw was that she is gasping. She's breaking the fourth wall and she's seeing everyone in the audience and she's gasping from the excitement that they're watching the story that she Mm -hmm. so meticulously, you know, wanted to tell that that, that's that moment for her. There's another theory (laughs) that she's also, she's breaking the fourth wall again, but not seeing the audience. Instead, she's seeing our country as it is now and gasping at what has happened. Okay, she Um, would be gasping in an entirely different way if that were the case, but keep going. Well, that's true, yeah. And then this is my favorite theory. So in this theory, so everyone's wearing white, right? And Eliza is essentially the only person wearing something colorful. She's still wearing her light blue dress. Besides Hamilton and Burr, because they're both wearing black jackets, but yeah. Right, colorful. So everyone's in, in, so it's, it's kind of more, it's everyone's kind of in cream, peachy tones right or white and then the only one with a real color then they're both in black on the side of her and then she's the only one in blue so it's kind of to show that like she has she has stood out amongst the crowd as the person who has actually done something with everyone's story you know she was telling washington's story she was telling everyone's story and so she is really the the essentially she's the star of the show At the very end, so she walks past, she's talking about seeing Alexander again, and her and Alexander pass each other, but she doesn't look at him, Mm -hmm. you know, and he kind of looks back and then she looks, it's like a turning moment. And then he comes and loops around and grabs her hand as she comes out and says the last line and gasps. Now in this theory, uh, which I love, it's as he turns back around, he is no longer Alexander, but he's Lin-Manuel Miranda. And he is basically walking Eliza and saying, look, I told the story 
Oh, I love that. Yeah, I do too. And so, and I kind of, I was really overanalyzing and I'm like, is there a different smile? Like, is there something different about his demeanor? And I I kind of want to believe that there is. And it's also, I think it's just the choreography as well, the way he turns. It's it's like he's, they're walking past as Alexander and Eliza and then he turns and comes back as Lynn and basically hands her to the front and says, look at what I did for you. Oh, um, I love that. And I just, I thought that that was beautiful. Lynn said that it's open for interpretation that every Eliza um, basically is choosing what their gasp is about. But I like that theory. What so, are your thoughts? <laughs> I will say, I think, well, first off, that's a great observation that she's in blue and that everyone else is in white. Because everyone's in white because it's angelic because it's like, they died. You know, right. they're in heaven. They died. Burr and Hamilton, still two of the stars of the show. But yeah, her being in blue really does show her as the star. For me personally, I like to think of it as her going to heaven and seeing Alexander because her last line is, I can't wait to see you again. It's only a matter of time. The way I saw it was he was walking past her like a ghost and he held her hand, which is like, you know, sometimes people are like, I felt something like I felt it there. And so to me, he walks past her as a ghost. He goes to hold her hand. She feels the sensation. And then when she dies, she goes to heaven. And there he is. She can finally see him again. And that's when she gasps. Because yeah. she might have – we don't really – I don't know if we necessarily see it. But who knows? Maybe she was looking past him. Maybe that's her true. eyes were actually looking past him. He was looking at her, but she could have been looking past him because she can't see him. That's how I want to see it. Because yeah. I like the idea of Eliza being, I don't know how to put it. I like the idea of like Eliza getting what she wanted, which in your version, she also gets what she wanted. But like she was such a beautiful and loyal woman when he didn't deserve it. <laughs> but yeah, no, not but at all. she was. But I think that she cared, she one, cared about him because he was her husband and she loved him. Then also I think she cares about the country. So she's like, I want you guys to know who did this for you. You know, you guys wouldn't be who you are today without him. And it's, it's, and it's unfair that his story was cut short, even if he, even if he did this to me. I mean, I think we think about it and it's like, well, she could have very well, you know, been like, oh, F you, you cheated on me, so no one's going to know crap. Like, no, instead she's she's like, I I genuinely loved you, and I still genuinely do, and it's hard for me to lose you. It it says even um, that Eliza and Angelica were with him by his side when he died. And just to go back even further, in in Uptown, in, in its quiet Uptown, she finally lets go of all of her anger and... And she holds his hand, which that's the part I break down at every single time is that it doesn't surprise me that she told his story, that she wanted to tell his story because in the show, she forgave him. She knew like, my heart is in so much pain right now. I can't lose another person that I love. Right. Yeah. Not that he deserved it, but. Well, and I think it's also, it's the um, Beyonce, Jay-Z thing, you know, going back to your man after he's cheated on you, you know, like to me, it's like, I don't want that to set a precedent for people, Mm-mm. but I do understand that it's hard to not do, you know, that's why Beyonce stayed with Jay-Z and that's, you know, why Eliza stayed with Alexander or it's why people who, you know, have been cheated on that they get to stay with their 
their person. So are you saying that Eliza's Beyonce? Yeah, I am. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, truly, I like, this show it has so many amazing things, like, so many amazing components. If you haven't watched it, you need to, because I'm sure some of what we said just sounded like... If anything, you need to just watch the helpless, satisfied part when... You have to watch Helpless. You watch Helpless, and then you watch Insatisfied as they rewind on stage. Ugh. It is beautifully choreographed. I was just like, I couldn't. I watched it multiple times in a row because I was like, they went back so perfectly, and just the slow motion as they rewound, and and it was just beautiful. So if anything, for that and for Jonathan Groff spitting all over the place and being super, super sassy as King George, um, I also liked him in, uh, in the part where they're, they're talking about he's never going to be president. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> and he, like, comes out, and he's like, never going to be president. And he, like, he, like, uh, throws the pamphlet. He's like, mm-hmm. face it just, oh my God, kills me. So good. Is everything. I am obsessed with him. And if you have not seen Mind Hunter, you are wrong. He's so good. Oh my God, that show is so good. Also, if you guys like Hamilton, I highly recommend I Eliza Hamilton by Susan Holloway Scott. If you are looking for a play or a book that is like Hamilton, you are barking up the wrong tree. But if you want to learn more about Eliza, about her relationship with Hamilton and stuff like that, I highly recommend this book. You know how in this show, they use the F word and they have all these, they use different lingo and stuff like that. In this book, not just the way the characters speak, but also the way the author narrates is all very old fashioned. So just be prepared when you're reading that. Understand that it's it's not the same, but it does have some really interesting stories and components. Looks like there's a lot of books and resources if you want to learn more. I personally have not done much research beyond watching the show. I did do a little bit on um, John Lawrence and um, I'll do a little bit more on some other things. But I think that I find history very interesting. I've never found this part of history very interesting. So I'm very intrigued um, and I might do some more research and learn more. So Mm -hmm. yeah. And like I said, again, if you do find this, this point in history interesting, I recommend Turn Washington Spies. It's about the Culper spying. That one's amazing. Apparently there's also a show called The Sons of Liberty. So uh, just so you guys know, yeah, mountvernon.org is also a great resource. Just learn. I think that that's the best way that we can move forward is to also know where our history what what our history is made of um, because you want to make sure one you don't repeat history mm-hmm. I'm talking to you sir you know who you are you don't want to repeat history uh, you also want to take the good things out of history we want to make our country better and the best way to do that is to pick the good things you know to pick the good things and to move propel us forward yeah uh, guys thank um, you so much for listening please go watch it on Disney plus let us know what you think comment rate review subscribe that'd be great and that would be amazing and uh we shall see you next week bye-bye bye we're trying to record a podcast here people people are effing rude